This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, happy Easter, everyone, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning. And your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And speaking of growing your money, guess what sector has done the best so far this year? That's right. The one that was down the most last year, technology. So uh, joining us today uh, to talk about technology and give us his top picks is Tim Bolt, uh, Kim Bolton, who's been on the show. He's a regular on BNN, and he's the founder of Black Swan Dexteritas. So he's going to be here and give us some ideas on uh, where he's seeing the market going, and he's going to talk about three stocks that he likes right now. Plus, it's the return of the rapid-fire round today, and I'm going to answer some very interesting questions. Stay right there. We're going to get right to it. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us now is Kim Bolton. He's the founder of Black Swan Dexteritas. And he's going to be joining us to talk about technology sector. Hey, good morning, Kim. Thanks for taking the time to join us here again. Thank you, Richard, for inviting me. You know what? This year, of course, you would know this, but that technology sector is one of the leading sectors so far in 2023. <clears throat> so we wanted to get you to come on here and talk a little bit about that sector and, um, you know, what you guys are looking at for the future. We f- firmly believe that what we're in in the first quarter of 2023 is one of these bull rallies within a secular bull market. It's interesting. If you, if you look back, you know, from middle of June to middle of August, the NASDAQ, which is tech-heavy, um, rallied about 20%, and then it came off. And then again in October... It rallied about another 15%. And then in the first quarter of 2023, it rallied back about another 17 or 18%. But I think you still need to respect the fact that this is still a bear market, probably going to be a bear market until the narrative gets rid of the all, all the talk about a recession. And, you know, here we are, beginning of April, and uh, we're going into the Q1 earnings season. Um, y- you know, earnings look to be down slightly, revenues up a little bit, but uh, the focus is definitely going to be on business forecasts. Um, we believe that it's there's a significant probability that um, – the central banks are going to enter into a pause. In other words, they're going to um, see how their interest rate increases are going to affect the economies. Um, and But we also believe that uh, you're going to have tightening financial conditions come late third quarter of 2023 and the potential of uh, earnings per share recession in sort of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. 
So for us, we have a fully invested stock portfolio. And uh, as those single stocks approach their price target, we'll trim them off and we'll find uh, other stocks that exhibit a longer and more lucrative investment runway. At the same time, um, we have our hedging overlay, which which is basically shorting uh, equity indexes. Um, You know, that's very important in protecting investors' capital in bearish markets, but it's also an important tool to be dialed down when we enter into a bull market. So that's that's what we're thinking. So that's the overall strategy then is to, uh, you know, pick these, um, you know, pioneering kind of technology themes and then uh, with an overlay of uh, shorting some of the markets in the backdrop. Is that the idea? Absolutely. Um, it's interesting when you, when you talk about pioneering themes, technology themes, um, there are quite a few. Uh, certainly, uh, a lot of it revolves around um, the gathering of data and, of course, the processing of that data through various artificial intelligence programs. Um, and everyone's starting to hear now about generative AI, which we've been talking about for about the last year. And in fact, I think last fall, Richard, uh, we talked about this generative AI and the impact that it's going to have. It's sort of the next generation of data analytics. Um, But there are a lot more players in that. Um, And in fact, it's starting to become a bit of an ecosystem. So you have sort of the, uh, uh, the players like Microsoft and Google who um, have the tools uh, for individuals and also enterprises. Uh, but behind that, there is a, a significant sort of ecosystem and supply chain all the way from the semiconductors to the data analytical side. So it's becoming quite a thriving business, and it has the prospects of, uh, of, of really certainly changing our life but certainly changing the investment landscape within the technology arena. So what other themes do you like? Um, the semiconductor side. Okay. You know, the semiconductor uh, industry is like uh, the new age transport index. Remember everyone, Richard, remember back in the days when, you know, the transport index would give the signals of the yeah. direction of the market. Yeah. Well, that new transport index is really the semiconductor industry. All the way from, you know, when I talk about semiconductors, yes, it's the ones that actually produce the chips, the foundries like Taiwan Semiconductor and Samsung. But there's also... Uh, the designers, um, which are the likes of NVIDIA with that uh, generative AI chip that brought out. And actually just yesterday, um, uh, Google came out with their competing uh, chip called the Tensor chip, uh, which apparently is uh, um, faster and more efficient when it comes to power. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts, but the semiconductor side is definitely sort of the engine for that technology arena. And it's very important, A, to participate, but also, B, to, uh, to understand what is new happening within that arena. Yeah, that's really important. Let's take a break there, um, Kim. When we come back, let's talk about a couple of stocks that you like now. Okay. 
Thanks, okay. Richard. Okay, stay right there, folks. We'll be right back. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Prime Time Live. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us today is Kim Bolton. He's the founder of Black Swan Dexteritas. And Kim, thanks again for bringing us up to speed with what's happening in the technology sector. But I know you also came along with a couple of good stock ideas. Uh, If you had money coming into your fund right now, a couple of names that you'd like to buy. Yep. Um, Two of them are uh, Equinix, which is uh, the world's largest data center company. Okay. Um, Basically... Uh, they store the data. Um, and then the other one is uh, Checkpoint, which is another ongoing technology theme uh, revolving around cybersecurity. But let me talk briefly about uh, Equinix. I mentioned it's the world's largest data center. It's interesting. You know, the um, everyone's heard of the cloud and Amazon AWS and Microsoft Azure are the leaders, and behind that you have Google's cloud business. But, you know, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon actually warehouse around either side of 40% of their data in Equinox, Equinix data centers. Um, and so... It's, it's a very transparent business, and you can see the recurring revenues for people to actually house their data. It's, it's not sort of here today, gone tomorrow. This is a long-term uh, uh, business for both clients and for Equinix. And so you can get a very, very clear idea of what their revenues, what their margins are, and you can translate that into the value of the stock. So currently... For example, Equinix is trading right around 700, 702. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a 12-month price target of $795 on that. Mm. Um, and, and even if we went into a recession, that re- recurring revenue is still going to be there. So it's not, of course, no business is recession-proof. But this is one business that will be able to weather um, a recession out there if it, if it comes along. Is this a, um, a company that falls into the technology sector, or is it a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust? Well, it's, it, it's, it's probably both. I would say it's more of a technology company. Okay. But it, um, a lot of people refer to it as a REIT because it has a lot of properties, of course, to actually house those data centers. Okay. And so... Um, you have a, a very decent yield on it, but it's also a very capital-intensive business. Okay. And it's difficult. It's difficult to, you know, it has a great moat around it um, because it's difficult for competitors to actually break in and steal away their customers because it's taken them decades to actually build that business up. It's interesting. Yeah, very interesting company. Uh, so how about Checkpoint Software Technologies? Mm-hmm. Um, so currently we have uh, Checkpoint um, that is trading about $130. We have a 12-month price target of $155. Um, Checkpoint is an Israeli um, uh, cybersecurity company. So they provide uh, network security 
endpoint security, mobile security, and security management. They're, they're one of the legacy players in the security market. Um, and, and actually, if you go back into the, uh, the pandemic period of, you know, 2021, 22, um, they sort of rest on their, on their laurels, and there were a lot of new, new entrants. But they've, they've had a, a big change in the management, um, and they actually express quite a bit of value. So uh, on the network security side, they actually service about 60% of the global 2,000 companies. Um, uh, and, and their earnings report, which certainly uh, surprised the market, um, they exceeded their, uh, their top and their bottom line. And they were one of the few in the fourth quarter of 2022 that raised their, increased their, their guidance. Um, and, and they're very, very transparent. We follow them very carefully because I have, uh, uh, we have four analysts in Black Swan Dexteritas, two here in Canada, one in Silicon Valley, and then Alex, who is actually over in Israel. So he, he actually goes and visits with the Checkpoint Software Technologies, and we're very, very com- comfortable. Uh, they, you know, we still see their revenues growing by over 10%. And, uh, and that's going to translate to uh, very healthy top and bottom lines. Two great ideas, Kim. Thanks again for uh, taking the time to join us. And if you can, if send over um, the information on Black Swan Dexteritas so we can post it in um, the section. It's called In the Money, folks, and it's on the Primetime Money uh, website, primetimemoney.ca. If you go there and you go into In the Money, we'll post all the information on Black Swan Dexteritas and how you can participate. Thanks again, Kim. All right. Thanks very much, Richard. Okay, you take care. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Kim Bolton. He's the founder of Black Swan Dexteritas. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with hedge fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the offering memorandum before investing. Mutual funds and ETFs and hedge funds are not guaranteed, and their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Black Swan Dexteritas. It's time for the Rapid Fire Round, where Richard answers all of your financial questions. Okay, folks, finally, Rapid Fire Round is back, and we have a big question. And it comes from Carol T. of Markham, who asks, Richard, I just received an inheritance of $2 million, mostly from the sale of my parents' house. I'm 64, I'm retired, and I'd like to invest it in a balanced retirement income plan. Sure, Carol, that's a great question. It's a common question. And, you know, with today's prices of real estate around the uh, Metro Toronto area, you know, lots of folks, if you're selling a house now, would get some sort of an inheritance. So you have to prepare for that because it could be a large lump sum if you're going to eventually sell the parent's house. So here's how I would structure it um, without asking a lot of questions and getting into, you know, everything that we should do in terms of uh, understanding you. I'll give you a a basic kind of an account because, uh, you know, we do these all the time and we, we just had one the other day about the same amount. I'll tell you how we structured it. And the, uh, the individual is uh, just like yourself. Um, so overall, I would suggest 40% of it in fixed income, a little bit more than we usually do because fixed income now is giving you some great rates. So uh, in the fixed income section, folks, it would include government bonds, corporate bonds, GICs, and convertible debentures. They're all different types of fixed income. A fixed income means you're going to get a fixed rate of return uh, in terms of the interest that you're going to get, and then the idea is to get all your money back when they uh, mature. So some of the examples of uh, some of the bonds we've been buying lately are Telus Corporation bonds, Province of Alberta, Province of British Columbia, um, different types of REIT debentures, 
And then one-year GICs. Why one-year GICs is because we currently have an inverted yield curve. That means the interest rates short-term are better than long-term. So right now you can get over 5% on a one-year GIC. So that's a great rate for you. And it's an easy way to lock that money in. And the other thing you can do is some GICs that we've been getting pay you on a monthly basis too. So you can get a monthly pay GIC. So that's going to average you around 5.3%, that section right there. The other 60%, what we would do there, Carol, is um, we would go into, you know, in our area, we, we go with, with what's called dividend growers. So companies that pay a dividend but have a mandate over the long term to continue year after year to give you more and more income. So if they're paying you $1.12 on a, on a share, then next year they, you're hopefully they're going to get $1.20 and $1.25 the next year and $1.30, so that type of thing. And then we would have to diversify that. So now I'm looking for companies that are going to pay me an income because, of course, your objective is to get a monthly income. So we're looking for companies that pay an income that can grow the income. And again, the growing of the income is important, folks, because that keeps pace with inflation. And some companies that have done that are companies like, um, you know, Royal Bank, National Bank, uh, telecom companies like TELUS, oil and gas companies, you know, like uh, Canadian Natural Resources, utility companies like Fortis, and then uh, pipeline companies, so like Pembina Pipelines. And then you'd add in uh, other sectors. You could add in uh, food and uh, consumer staples, things like, uh, you know, Loblaws and REITs like... um, Killam Apartments. So apartment buildings now, as you know, very difficult to get an apartment these days. They're getting good rents. They're upgrading the rents. So apartment building business is probably one, you know, one sector in real estate that's doing very well now. So you diversify across those sectors. So that's going to be 35 to 40 percent of your money. The other um, percentage would be 15 to 20 percent. We'd go to the uh, United States dividend companies. And there what you do, folks, is you're going to be looking for companies and uh, sectors that are different than what we have in Canada. As you know, we've, we've talked about Canada, big presence of a banking system, big in oil and gas and mining and minerals, and that's what we're buying here with the Canadian dividend grower stocks. But we don't have big participation in um, sectors like technology and healthcare. So when you go to the United States and you go globally, what you're looking for from those companies are companies that pay you dividends but are in the United States. So companies like um, United Health, uh, Pfizer, Microsoft, um, Cisco, Johnson & Johnson. So those would all be companies that fit into healthcare and consumer and technology companies that we don't have big representation of here in Canada. We don't have companies like that that are big and been around for a long time and have a history of growing their dividends. That's what we would go to the United States for. And then about 5 to 10% you would go internationally. Now, now, international companies would include sectors that would be in Europe, they would be in Asia, they would be in South America. So all the areas, internet. when we talk about international, we're talking about companies that are not in the United States. Everything that's global but not in the United States. And those sectors right now, if you look at it, I would say they're probably the um, the best. Some of them have the best value today compared to some companies in Canada and the United States. Some of these international companies um, would give you best value today because of uh, their pricing. So companies that would, would fit into the mold here now. And again, you, what you're looking for is further diversification from what we have in the United States and what we have in Canada. So companies like Nestle's, uh, Diageo, Siemens, those are all companies that give you a little bit different exposure in different sectors um, uh, and, and give you the, those would be like uh, consumer goods and, and food services. Diageo is uh, alcoholic beverages. Um, so they're going to give you something a little bit different than what we talked about that we have in the United States and what we have in Canada. Because what we're trying to do there is, you know, give you the best diversification possible, give you the best companies that pay the highest dividends, and then give you the best companies that over the last 5, 10, 15 years have continued to give you more money every year. So uh, that's what you're looking for in retirement. 
And given the market cap and the low rates, you know, a conservative, diversified portfolio like this will, will give you, when you put it all together, and I'll give you an example of one we just did, it was about 4.75% yield. So what, what does that mean? So if you have a $2 million investment and you're living off of the income, that will give you ninety-four dollars to $95,000 a year of income. So that's just the dividend yield that you're getting. So if you take that, and in, in, in your case, Carol, that would give you about $7,800 a month of income without touching the principal at this point. So that's the idea is to give you the flexibility later on, but give you the current income today. So that's about 7,800 plus growth potential. And if you look at those companies that we talked about, that gives you some growth potential down the line. So say for instance, that was going to be, you know, three or four or 5%, that'd give you an annualized return of somewhere around nine or 10% potentially down the line with, um, growth on those kind of companies. So that's the idea that you want. And then because you have a big percentage in dividend paying stocks and you're retired, um, you're going to get a tax break on the dividends. Uh, and, and because you get tax credits here in Canada for the Canadian corporations that pay you dividends. So number one, it's going to give you diversification. Number two, it's going to give you the income you need. And number three, it's going to give you some growth potential and um, the dividend growers are going to give you inflation protection. So those are the things that you want across the board. Those are the kinds of companies. This is how you kind of package a portfolio like that. So hopefully that gives you your answer. And, and if any of you other listeners out there would like to um, see a portfolio for yourself, all you got to do is give Dominique a call, one 891 2637 And uh, just leave your name and number. You'll probably go into voicemail here, and we get a lot of calls. And Dominique will give you a call back, and all you have to do is tell her, this is the amount of money that I'm looking for. Could you put together a portfolio for me? She'll ask you a couple of questions on, you know, how would you, you know, the kinds of things and what your objectives are. And then we'll uh, send it out to you. And there's no cost, no obligation, of course. And we'll send you out an example plan of how we would suggest you put together a portfolio like that. Because it's important that you keep your money. It gives you flexibility later on in life. Um, you know, Carol's only uh, 64 years old, so her life expectancy could be, you know, easily 30 years. So we want this money to last you want to be able to live off of the income, and then you want that money to grow too, so it'll give you flexibility down the line. If you would need extra health care, extra, um, some sort of assistance later on in life, you'll have the money there available for you to make the, uh, you know, any choice that you want that feels appropriate for you and give you the lifestyle that you want. Of course, that's the way it has to be. Okay, we have about uh, a minute left. You know, next Wednesday, it's coming up this right away, April 12th. You know, we're going to have our annual estate planning and uh, intergenerational wealth transfer luncheon seminar, and it's coming up, and we have three speakers there, so it's uh, going to be very informative. Peter Carter is our um, estate planning specialist, and he's going to go over, you know, how to reduce taxes and probate, you know, minimize all the costs in settling a state, how to choose an executor, what an estate monitor is, and what should you use one. He's going to go through all of that. And then the folks from Templeton Funds are going to come up and talk about global dividend payers, so what we're just talking about in this portfolio and some of their best ideas. And they have some of the best research around the world, so you want to hear that. And then I'm going to go over, you know, basically how to manage your portfolio in this type of up-and-down market and, you know, with all these different types of threats out there in terms of what's going to happen with recession and all these different things that we've seen over the last 25 or 30 years that, you know, continually come into view, but, you know, you have to look through them, and I'll explain all about that. So that's Wednesday, April the 12th. It's from 12 noon to 2 p.m., lunch is included. And all you have to do is give Dominique a call, 1-866-891-2637. You can call her now, or you can wait till the end of the show or later on today. She'll, she'll have it in the voicemail, but she'll call you back directly and get your information and register. There's no cost again. It's 1-866-891-2637. You folks have a great Easter day, and we'll see you again next week here at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you've been listening to Primetime Money. 
Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity hopping Easter's on its way. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.